Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Let's go get him. That's another one for the fire. Uh, all right. Welcome back to another episode of Horror Vision. I am your host, John. I'm Boog. And we are doing Silent Night. Not the 80s Silent Night, Deadly Night, but a brand new movie that just came out, like, pretty much randomly. I, like, at the last minute saw previews for this. I was like, it seems interesting. We'll check it out. But it's just called Silent Night. Um came out in limited theaters and on streaming and the cast is actually pretty decent i'd say so it has some uh memorable faces yeah i mean you ever heard of i've seen before kira knightley is that the girl from uh star wars so technically she's in a phantom menace both her and natalie portman are in it because they look so similar like you know they had the whole stunt of it but uh people would yeah. mostly know her probably from the pirates of the caribbean book you fucking idiot yeah i i know that's i think no I hey know. listen listen i was making a joke yeah okay. it's not funny nobody finds you funny they're just i laughed people sometimes laugh out of pity they're like i feel so bad for this fucking little this little fucking little poopy boy <laughs> that's my laugh <laughs> you fucking idiot <laughs> all right but uh so before we hop into that uh what have you been up to book what's what's been going on in the world of book uh i had a, a pretty big week actually um i got two things one uh are you an avid dreamer like mm. when you sleep do you do you dream a lot do you remember your dreams no not typically uh i used to but as i got older and like the more tired i got I don't get, I don't hit that right REM sleep, you know? Gotcha. Um, this past week I had two dreams that I remembered. This, the second one I actually can't remember wait, now. Did you, I but, didn't write it down. But, the first wait, one I wait, did though. Wait, book. Did you have a wet dream? <laughs> no. Maybe. No. So that makes it so much worse. <laughs> wait until, so. For the first time in a lot of years, I had a nightmare wet, that wet dream woke me woke me up. No, no, just wait. The wet dream part's gonna be hilarious to you now. I had I a nightmare know, that woke dude. me up. You know, know what that nightmare was? I was literally watching in, in my dream. I was watching uh, the NBA. Okay. Yeah, it's a nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> and somehow i just remember you just your pants no i don't remember like watching the play but i remember seeing uh, uh like lebron james swipe down or something and hit curry the stephen curry and his head fell off Whoa. and instead of the camera like panning away they did like what they did with uh, cameron hayward they zoomed down on his like head separated and his body just sitting there twitching on the court. And I legitimately woke up and I was like sweating. And I was like, holy shit, what the hell am I thinking? Uh, yeah, and then I, I got excited because it was like, that was my first dream that I remembered in probably three years. I think if I had that, like if basketball was like that, where dudes are getting their heads knocked off, I think I'd probably watch it more. Yeah, I mean, it was it was nuts. Like, yeah, it was crazy. I don't know why I was dreaming that. Like, I, I haven't... What? Watched an uh, NBA game a couple of nights before that, you know. Did you eat? Did you eat anything like weird before you went to bed? No, but uh, I did watch uh, something to help me fall fall asleep the past couple of nights, and that's why I think I'm having these dreams. You're watching uh, porn before you go to bed. No, that's nothing new. Uh, I watched. Uh, 
the, the get back series to fall asleep this past week. And a couple nights I had dreams that I like woke that, up and I remember. Is that the Beatles one? Yeah. So the Beatles are causing you to have wet dreams about LeBron James. Yeah, about him like slicing heads off and then the camera just zooming in. I'll tell you what, I think I know what I'm going to get you for Christmas. A couple like therapy sessions. They'll get you straightened right out. As long as they don't have to pay for it, I'm cool with that. Yeah, like what kind of Christmas gift like the someone would get you that you had to pay for? That's just a that's just a jerk move. Hey, I got you twenty five percent off coupon to some therapy. That's what you should do. If, like, just get a bunch of people coupons to your job. Like, here you go. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't need to get coupons. Yeah, but that's the funny part. Because I tell you could just give no them anyways. discounts. No. Uh, all right. Well, that was something. Didn't you say there was two things? Yeah, the second thing was I was watching Get Back, and I realized that uh, Yoko Ono is fucking insane. Yeah, I'm glad you finally got on the bandwagon. You're only, like, 50 years late. Listen, I heard about it, but I never did my own research, and after watching that, I formed my own opinion, and she's fucking insane. Wow, I'm glad you came to the same conclusion as everybody else. I, I just wanted to be sure. I needed to say it and watch and watch that myself to figure that out. And this is coming from us, who have borderline no talent. Yoko Ono is a talentless hack. Write that down. That's what you should. The big takeaway from this podcast should be. Uh, yeah. See, I, I can I can get behind that message. All right. Well, that's it. That's the podcast. Now, all right. So we'll hop into the story here. For good old Silent Night. So this is what kind of drew my attention to it. So I like randomly was looking up something for like we were trying to plan out what we're going to do for the month. Um, you definitely want like a Christmassy theme like uh, with the holiday season. Kind of like we did uh, last year or that might have been two years ago. I can't even remember. But anyway, we came across this one. In the premise to it, um, I, I guess it's been done kind of similar, but not executed and looking at this group of people uh, specifically in the past. So I, I thought this was a, a unique one. Um, it's a dark comedy, basically um, a group of, uh, I guess they're former college friends. Uh, they're they're older now. What, what would you say? Probably late thirties, early forties. Uh, they get yeah, together yeah. at this uh like posh. Um, they're all like upper, upper class. Um, posh like British people, and they get together at this big house. Um, the mother, uh, Kira Knightley, the father played by Matthew Good. Uh, son played by Roman Griffin Davis, uh, Art, who, who people might know from the awesome movie Jojo Rabbit. If you haven't seen that one, fucking watch that movie. As well as his two younger twin brothers, uh, Hayden Griffin Davis and Jilby, I think you pronounce it. Gilby, Jilby Griffin Davis. Those are actually his, like, I thought, because they look a lot like him, those are his real brothers in real life. Are they really? Yeah. So that family, they're, they're hosting um, a, a big Christmas dinner, and the college friends of both uh, Kira Knightley's character, Nell, and Matthew Good's character, Simon, uh, they're they were both for like they, they were all part of that group of friends at college um they so big collective uh of, of cast here but some notable actors uh sandra the real um super like stuck up uh a rich friend her uh, was played by annabelle wallace who people may remember from malignant came out earlier this year uh, uh, you have, um, I don't even know how to pronounce this dude's name, but James, he's, uh, their friend that became a doctor. So played by Sope Derisu. 
Is that how you'd say it? Sope. That's what it looks like. You got an accent over the E. No, it's really uh, soup diet. Soup. Tiramisu. Tiramisu. Soup tiramisu. Okay. I think it's soupe. Uh, oh, yeah. Underneath it says as sope. Tiramisu. Yeah, because I'm looking at this and it has the accents, but god damn it. I'm just trying to do it by memory. Um, some other notables. You have Johnny Depp's daughter playing his, um, James's. I don't. I guess it's just girlfriend. I don't think it's his fiance, uh, Lily Rose Depp, as well as their other friend, who's part of the lesbian couple, Lucy Punch, playing Bella, and her lover Kirby Howe Baptiste as Alex. Um, oh, and I almost forgot Annabelle Sandra, uh, Annabelle Wallace's character Sandra, her husband, played by Rufus Jones, and their uh bratty annoying stuck up daughter as well davida mckenzie as kitty uh that's pretty much your whole cast uh you have some like like stopping scenes with like the grandma where they contact her on like facetime to talk to her uh but getting into the story here um it's basically it's set up like you think it's like a first off it is a dark comedy and i emphasize dark this movie is bleak uh, yes i like i i told you going into it like kind of give the bet but like did you expect it to be like this dark no not at all and i was pleasantly surprised but like, like i really enjoyed how dark it was because i yeah. like dark humor i so like, like it. it had a good touch of of that I like, aspect yeah but... i like it's oh. i like when a movie doesn't pull punches like they were just like straight up what was the first thing I texted you when I uh, watched this? Do you remember? Oh, I you said, uh-oh, I did it again. No, I said, uh-oh, I think I'm canceling Christmas this year. Oh. It hit different. We still going to have a little Christmas? That's in, like, May, yeah. Okay, cool. That's that's the only holiday that matters. A little crema. I need to get another decorated spoon. <laughs> I still got that one hat that your brother and uh, Miranda oh. gave me. Like, hard ass no the one that says i heart gingers oh yeah and the hat, the hat wasn't one. even meant for me no i think it was meant for whoever one of our friends was or something something like that hey they're lost i got that hat somewhere <laughs> at least you can wear that one day a year or or just never or like you can bring it out for the, like when you pee on somebody. Yeah, I mean we'll we'll think about that. I mean, what's there to think about? You're doing it. We're planning it out. We're planning your outfit out. That's how far in the process we. I are. don't want my head to get too warm, though. You know, it has to be like the right temperature. I mean, Sean Paul. <laughs> uh, well, so let's just get into the story here. We've been putting it off. Uh, so they're they're coming to this family dinner and it's initially set up like you get little hints as it's going on like something's a little bit off um they're like pretty much the only cars on the road going there um and they're they're it's both like when it first starts out focusing like on introducing the individual characters in the car ride in as well as the family getting ready um and the father makes it real clear, like, no cell phones, nothing, no internet. Like, we're just focused just on on this this Christmas. we got to make it perfect. Um, and so then everyone gets in, and you get these little bits and pieces. And I like that. I like in a movie. Like, that immerses me in the story where there is some type of event or something going on where the characters know and you don't. And they don't hit you with, like, an expedition or ex, yeah, expedition exposition dump. They You get to find it out, like through like little bits and pieces what the characters are talking about and little glimpses you see like that inch that like makes me an engaged viewer like it immerses me in the movie and i liked how they did this here so eventually you find out that due to uh possibly global warming or there's a conspiracy theory that maybe the russians did it but there's a cataclysmic world-ending event coming where a giant storm of smog and toxic gases is sweeping across the world um and basically if you breathe in the toxic gas uh 
it inflames your lungs and then you actually bleed out from the inside and start hemorrhaging blood just a very painful terrible way to die and this family they got all of their friends together and it, it turns out you find out the british government's plan is they can't stop the toxin so they want their citizens to die with dignity so they gave them basically suicide pills where you just fall asleep and you die painlessly um so that's the big like crux of the movie is they are all getting together and pretending like this terrible thing's not going to happen within the next day or two um and they're just going to have like a normal holiday um but basically the main character art the son he has his thoughts on everything that's going on and the more he thinks about the more he questions like if everyone's doing it's like real a real hopeless thing with him because it's first it starts out very hopeful and he's thinking like maybe this or maybe we could do this differently or there's someone out there that's figuring it out but the adults they're just they don't want to talk about it basically just they've already come to the terms that like this is how we're going to go out like we have to go out with class and dignity um and then i'll tell you what it definitely subverted my expectations because i thought that he like you've seen enough movies where they're going to figure out like oh this wasn't as bad i thought maybe the the ending would be like um you ever seen the mist stephen king's the mist but like the movie uh director i think it was frank darabont did it i've seen that a while so at the end of that movie they're trapped in a car the giant creatures are walking around they're covered by the fog oh wait i I do remember mm -hmm, the ending the father decides like i don't want my kid brutally killed by these creatures like so he takes the gun shoots the back two people in the back of the car kills his son and then he's getting ready to kill himself and then the military shows up and it turns out the military had it under control. And if they would have waited like a, one more minute, they would have made it. I yeah. I started to get the feel like that was going to be something like this in this movie. But he they he might make it or he might leave the family. And like, um, But then it goes a little bit deeper and it turns out um, Lily Rose Depp's character, James's girlfriend... Turns out that she's pregnant and she doesn't want to take the pill because she wants to try like a fighting chance with her kid and she doesn't want to kill her own baby. Um, so like a lot of moral dilemmas there, but the the group of college friends already don't like her because she's so much younger and specifically Sandra was in love with James. I guess you find out that they had dated, but there was a real another huge dark thing in their past that split them up and it's like... It just, when this movie, at the end of this movie, it just got so bleak. It was like, holy shit. But that being said, there is still the comedy pieces in it. There's some some pretty funny parts in the movie, but like that overall dread that's like slowly bearing down more and more on them, just like the storm's creeping more and more up on them. Like, fuck, dude. This is a, this is one that when the credits roll, you're just like, goddamn. But yeah, yes. that, I mean, that's pretty much the basic overview of the story. A uh, group of college friends be- reunite for a dinner at the end of the world. And at the end of the dinner, they're going to kill themselves. To and they, die and they had a very mature way of doing it, too, I'd say. Very unrealistic way. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say mature. I would say it's actually immature. Yeah, immature how they reacted because... And it's tough to say because we're not really faced with our own imminent death like in that situation. So you don't know how you react. But pretending like a problem doesn't happen. And that was another point of emphasis in the movie was that they wanted to get together and make sure the kids know like this is um, like a moment for us to get together and like uh say our forgivenesses and things like that and basically it's just a lot of selfish attempts by the parents to say like don't blame us like we didn't fuck the world up but like the truth is like yeah like the wheels started turning long before them but they did nothing to do it they were complicit in the whole thing yeah but that i mean that leads me to like that's like i like a movie that makes you think and this movie definitely makes you think um whereas like 
obviously we're so far removed from the first generation of people and we've seen big events in our lifetime but i always kind of like some part of me wanted to be part of the last generation the one that's there when they turn the lights out and say that's it like you know like it, it, i think it would just be wild like to see the end of the world you know i don't know that's... uh i don't want to be part of that <clears throat> i'll save that for someone else yeah i don't think you you really got a choice like when it's time it's time you know but that, I mean, that's I mean, something the movie thinks but like like what would you be doing like if you found out like hey two days the storm's coming and there's nothing there's nowhere for you to run the the only thing though that led me to believe because you can kind of see like a little bit of a newspaper clipping like that's how because they like this is shows how pretty much they like lie to their kids and how much they like obviously the kids know some things but they don't like are very truthful with them. So supplies and resources are running low. Like they don't have that much food, but they like pretend nothing's going on. Um, like at one point they had to go to a gas station, rob the gas station. So they have dessert, but they just are acting like life's going on normally. Uh, but the kid, like they played off like, Oh, did you see like the queen's speech? And they're like, Oh, I think she's hiding out in a bunker stuff like that. But then the one art he finds out because when they're passing out the Christmas presents, they use newspaper to wrap it because they didn't have any wrapping paper, like supplies are short. Mm-hmm. Um, and he reads the article in the newspaper that the queen had been dead for weeks. And they're just going yeah. on like living this like pretend life just because they're like these people are very much about the status quo. They can't deal with their reality breaking down. And instead of trying to do like whatever you possibly can run wherever you can. Like I, the one character even says like, I'm not like, you're not built to like live out on the road. Like this is why they resign to their fate that they're going to kill themselves. Like they're not going to try to run. Like they want to die with dignity, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was, that's an interesting, interesting perspective because you definitely know people that would be like this. And I definitely get a very, like, I, this seems like a very realistic situation for people. And like, the posh like british scene so it's it was it was it was definitely a unique uh like take on this but i like me personally if i was in this situation like i maybe it's the american in me book but it's like like you fight to like the very last man like you gotta you'll be out there on the road and like trying to survive and like you do what you do you just keep fighting until you can't anymore you don't just give up and sit around and just pretend like nothing's wrong like, that's how, like basically, that's how these people originally got in this problem. Like, oh, the environment's not our issue or whatever caused this. Like, it's not our problem. Like, instead, they're just like, we give up. Yeah, I mean, my first thing, I would probably uh, hit up a couple family members I have because I know they have bunkers. And I would at least start with that option to see, like, maybe a bunker would work. That that would be my good. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't give up. I wouldn't take a honestly. I wouldn't take a suicide pill. I would try to probably hide underground because that's like the first most like obvious thing that someone would probably try to yeah, do is like get away from it. You're like not really built for the underground. I mean, is anybody mole people? Oh, they don't exist. <laughs> I got you. Hey, I got you there, book. Nope. No, but I mean, uh, no, I know what you're it, saying. It, like, it's you do... very, it's a very interesting perspective of like, and you don't get really a lot of like what goes on the outside. But back to that like newspaper article, it said a little bit about the U.S. and the mayor of like New York. You get like, but you really can't read it. I have a feeling that they like, even though like you know how crazy it's been like during the pandemic and shit here. Like, I I, I think America might be all right. Because they basically, the storm, like, was started sweeping up through, like, Africa. And they always get hit by, like, the earliest stuff. Like, the the cradle of life there. And they got messed up resources and shit. So they always get harder. And that's, like, another thing that they bring up in this movie. Like, the little kid's like, oh, yeah, but you, like, don't give a shit about those people. And, like, the little girl mm-hmm. was like, yeah, I don't. Like, it's like, it, but they, that's that's what I liked about this movie. It was very like truthful and authentic like they didn't pull any punches at all they were like straight up um but i I think america did i I like to think america was all right what we probably did is all the rich people in america like that's the difference these rich people in england are like all right we're just gonna die with dignity the rich people in america had their like 
Amazon slaves <laughs> will go out there and build like giant like terra domes like terraformed like places with trees and shit like that like hermetically sealed so like the fog couldn't get in like you know they would like Jeff Bezos and the Elon Musks of the world would have some type of like crazy fortress where they would be fine shelter yeah yeah, yeah they would they would find a way to to survive but they're uh, they're selfish enough that they wouldn't survive the human race they would just like well, that, sure, like, well, that would that would be the thing survive. is because you can't like that's where in America it's different is because like you'd have all the money you want like and you could pay people to a certain point but a certain pe- point like people here want to survive they would just go and like kill those people and go into their for like you'd have to like it, it'd be weird it'd be tough like I, I'd be interested if they did a sequel to see how it was in America compared to their um but uh, it would be bad shit insane. Oh yeah, yeah. As soon as soon as like people confirm that like uh, you can't survive this or something like that, like yeah, there's gonna be people who are gonna so, like oh yeah, so this, that's, is, this that... is made up. But there's also gonna be a completely separate group where they're just like going around robbing, stealing. Like, might as well just live your best yeah, days. So that's like, your last couple of days you have. Yeah. So that's where it would be a little bit different too. Like. In the in this one, like when they go down, they break. You don't they don't show you, but they come back. Oh, they broke into the gas station. They they looted this. They stole like, but like that's England. They don't have like guns and shit there. Like in America, like everybody got like three guns. <laughs> yes, it's actually the numbers are crazier than that. There's like twenty guns per person. Like it would just everyone be... has three registered guns. Let's be honest. Here. It would yeah. It would be very. It would turn into Mad Max very quick. But it's, then yes. it would be like that's what I'm saying. Like people would fight. Like they would not go out quietly here. Um, but it, it is it's something like to that really makes you think. If you are faced with your own mortality, like and it's imminent, like uh, you have two days, like how would you live your last days? I'd not like these little fuckers, you know. <laughs> no, I wouldn't seemed, throw a little. It seemed I like throw a party for like college friends. It seemed like or, it seemed like for the most part, like they had a pretty good time. For the mo- I mean, they did have a good time, but honestly, that's not what I would be trying to do. Yeah, like I get, like if, but if it was like your boys, like, and and like your your buddies and friends and family, like that. I mean, I could, like that would be one thing. Like, obviously, like I wouldn't want to hang out with any of these people. But no, I don't know. I'd be I'd be too busy out there just popping off shots. Blah 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 blah. blah. I do, I do feel for like so the, the what's her name was in love with James in this. I can uh, see Sandra. that being a very, I can see that being a very common occurrence. If yeah, this we we talked America, about that. People would people would go to like, you know, be like go to go to some lady or some some guy's house and be like, yeah, secretly like honestly like yeah, I love you for yeah, you. Like I can see that story. Yeah, I, I think at the end of the world, like with that being imminent. You would have like some of those scenes in this movie where, like, people finally come out and like straight up say like exactly how they feel, or mm-hmm. they there'd be no holding back because like you're at the end. <laughs> there'd be no holding back and nothing because let me tell you, if we're all dying in three days, I don't need to worry about protection. You know. Oh, I thought I just assumed you, you know? just wouldn't even be wearing pants anymore. You'd just be Winnie the Pooh and it up and down the street. No, 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 no. I'm too ashamed. Of- of that, even in my last days, I'm not Winnie the Pooh. In it can't do that. All right, well, That'd be too much. Well, let's hop into our pros and cons. Uh, I got my first one. I thought the acting in this movie was excellent. Oh. If, if I have to, we talk about it a lot, like kid actors and how tough mm-hmm. it is and everything. But having seen. Uh, Roman Griffin Davis in Jojo Rabbit and now this movie I think that kid's my favorite child actor right now he is very good at acting let's be honest here though this kid is going to live a messed up life if he keeps doing movies like this yeah that's true because Jojo Rabbit is very dark as well yes I, I, think, mean... th- I think this movie's uh... no Jojo Rabbit's darker 
I'd say this is kind of well. So mm, I'd say this is darker so, than Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, no, I was gonna say it. It is, but then you want know change my mind. Remember when he's walking in the square and Jojo Rabbit looks up and sees sees his mom hanging in the middle of the street in Nazi Germany. I think that's a little yeah. bit darker. Like, mm, yeah, no. I mean, let's. This, I this mean, is spoiler. This is, but he does. This, he stumbles upon a car where the people already took the pill, and the people and their like newborn infant were dead in the car like and that fucked them up near the end of the movie um so that is that is really dark and really fucked up but like jojo rabbit like Mm, if you took out nights more it's let's just just say they're on par there is dark i i think consistently overall this movie's darker with the impending because there's a lot of a lot more light-hearted comedy in jojo rabbit but this movie is like, uh, uh, like a snarky, like uh, little jabs comedy, it, with that huge, like the darkness is never not in this movie, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because Jojo Rabbit does start like lighter and then gets real dark and then lightens up. This uh, spoiler alert: this never lightens up. It is even darker, and the implications with the very ending of this movie are super bleak. Let's let's talk about that real quick. Did you like how the movie ended? Uh, I did because it kind of left more to me. It kind of left uh, more to be desired with how it ended. Uh, a little spoilers. Alert. I don't. I don't so, think you phrased that right. It, it, well, it, so if it left more to be desired, then you wouldn't like it as much. It would be. Well, um, yeah. So it left potential so, for more to be explored in this universe. Yeah. That's what I. That's I know what you. I know what you meant, and you still might be right, but it's. It just seemed like a weird turn of phrase there, so I don't know. No, I mean. Not to be a little. Whatever. I, yeah, we're getting real snarky here because we watch all these little snarky British motherfuckers. Wow. Ooh, tea and crumpets. What? What is? What is, is a crumpet British. like a cookie or a biscuit? I think it's an instrument. That's a trumpet. Oh. <laughs> um. I completely lost my train of thought. Where was I before this? The um, uh, the ending. Like, what did you think about the ending? Oh, so I mean, it ended kind of how I expected it to, but also not really what I wanted it to. So, like, I you're right with the whole miss. Like, I, that movie completely escaped me until you brought it back. How the ending? I, I did. I can see that ending where it's like. People come out and they're like, "Wait, actually, put this, that's put what, this on. That's you'll why survive." We're not even, you know? Yeah, like I thought the government was going to show up or like something. Like, somebody, yes, yeah, somebody was going to show up and be like, "Get in the shelter or put this suit on." I made it out of duct tape and rat fur. You know, or something like, weird, like, la- that. like a last minute vaccine. I think that would you'd feel kind of cheated there. Like, I, I like the ending. Um, and the implications do make you like want to see like the if they made a sequel to this picking up right where this left off um, for the spoiler purposes um, at the end the everyone in the house takes the pill uh, except for a little bit beforehand uh, Roman or I guess Art his name's Art in the movie uh, he had run off because he got sick of, of his parents basically he told his parents like if you make me take this pill like you're killing me. And in their mind, they kept trying to justify it like they're saving their kid from pain. And he was like, no, yeah. like you're straight up killing me. Like we have to try to live. And he ran away. The dad caught up to him and he had a like it seemed like a massive panic attack because he stumbled upon the car with the people that already took the pill and with the dead newborn baby. Um, and he just freaks out as the storm's coming in and he breathes in some of the toxin and the dad takes him back and. uh Basically, with the different characters being st- stuck up and freaking out that the storm came came a little bit early and all this stuff, they don't really pay attention to Art until they realize that, like, in fact, he is, like, he d- had died from, like, the inflammation, the blood was pouring out of his eyes and shit. So uh, they lay him down, everyone gets their pill and does their little end, like, little bit scenes and then when the camera goes through the house and shows all their dead bodies playing Silent Night, which was very artistically done, but a little bit on the nose. Uh, mm-hmm. And then it gets to this the point um, 
where it's the camera's right above Art's body, um, you see like where the blood came out of his eyes and mouth, and then he opens his eyes and wakes up like he's still alive, and then everybody in that house is dead. Um, and there was a little bit of little bit of foreshadowing earlier in the movie when he was talking to his dad about it, like what if like we just go and whatever, and his dad's like, "You will die." Like, if, if you don't take the pill, everyone else here is going to take the pill, and you will literally be alone by yourself in this world. Like, I, like, I can't have that. Like, it's terrible. And yes. um, so the implications of that at the end of this movie is they were to pick a sequel up is he would wake up in that house, and everybody's dead. And, like, what the fuck's he going to do now? Yeah, I, I mean... But I thought yeah, about that, too. I'm excited. I'm excited, and hopefully there's a sequel with him in it. I, I, don't, I don't think there will be, just because... Like, I don't think this would be too expensive to make. There wasn't, like, crazy set pieces and stuff. Um, obviously, because the, they did have quality actors, I think a lot of the, the money went to the, the paying the actors and actresses. Um, but I don't know that it did, so, like, it's honestly... It's surprising to me, and I don't think people really like bleakness, especially with the modern times that we're in right now, like, are very bleak, so people kind of want, like, an escape thing, like a escapism type thing. They don't want to tune into a movie that's going to make them feel worse when they already feel worse. So it's not getting the best reviews, but I honestly thought this movie was very well done. Um, I think in time, people will definitely come around to it, but I, I just don't see this really getting a sequel. Um, I mean, I don't think numbers wise, it's, it's a limited release and then streaming and who knows, maybe it'll like people will, will pick it, pick up and check it out streaming wise, but I, I just don't see, um, it really catching on. Um, it's dark enough. humor and dark humor is very spotty with a lot of people. Yeah. Well, that's, that's that, what I liked about this movie. Like, that's another one of my pros, and I was saying it at the very beginning of this. It doesn't pull any punches. And a lot of people, especially, like, when you, in real life, is rough, like, you want that escapism. You don't necessarily want to see the truth or or hear that bad things happen. Like, you just want to get away from that from a little bit. And not a lot of people, are, I would say, would seek out something this bleak. No, not at all. Most people like to hide. Like, I can't necessarily say that I would watch this, like, multiple times or, like, on a consistent basis, but uh, I really liked what I saw in the one watch. I think this one's a little too dark for me to watch. I mean, like, I think, I like, down the line I can watch it again, but definitely not this close to holiday season because it, it, to me, it, like, when I think of holidays, I think of, like, you know, family, friends, peaceful, relaxing, you know, but this is like a dark reality and like what, you know, it makes you think like what would happen? What would you do? What would your family do? And stuff like that. So like I can see myself watching it, just not again during like the holiday season because it was kind of it kind of like spoiled it, you know? Yeah, kind of. You know what I um another pro I had on this? I just thought about it right now. I liked yeah. the music in it. They used Christmas songs, but they use like not the most common Christmas songs. Like, obviously, they have, like, Silent Night at the end. Um, but they were used, yeah. like, the one section they used, like, uh, like a Jamaican, like, reggae Christmas song I liked. And they had, mm -hmm. I don't even know who did it at the beginning, but the one person even said, like, I don't, I hate this song. But, like, it's catchy. The song was catchy. Like, the songs they, the Christmas songs they used in the movie, um, I liked them. I liked the, the songs. I wonder if that was intentional or it was just they put all their money in actors that they couldn't buy the rights to some of the bigger Christmas songs. I feel like you don't even have to buy the rights to most Christmas songs. I don't know. What's your, imagine... what's, what's your favorite Christmas song, Boog? My favorite Christmas song? Uh, let's take a rain check to the end, because i got to think about that. Okay. Actually, no. Uh, I got Mine one. is Simply Having a Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul McCartney, because it's so, good. like, he's obviously like a musical legend. But uh, it's like so like it seemed like it was composed in five seconds. Like I love that the like the melody is just like him like just basically slamming his face onto the keyboard. Yeah, I do. I do like. And that it's song. like it's, it's Paul such, McCartney. It's hard to yeah, hard to not like that. It's such an earworm of a song. I love that one. Mm -hmm. um, uh, my, I also like uh, David Bowie, Bing Crosby. 
like the little drummer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. What was that? What was that show? What were they on then when they when they were they uh, did that? I think it was just a music video. Or it might just be oh. the Bing Crosby show. Could have been. Um, mine is uh, "White Christmas" sung by Bing Crosby. Yeah, it's because you're the, racist. No, it's because my no, it's because my favorite Christmas movie of all time is "White Christmas." Racism. My family every year sits down and watches that. So it's you, been something that I've been so like, you're watching me, since I was like two. You're telling me you're a white Christmas supremacist? No. No. I, I th- just enjoyed I, that movie because I was like, that's like my family's Christmas movie. So you think... That's, that's like, when I think of Christmas, I think of that song. I think of like the snow. I think of... So you think white you know, Christmas is better than all other holidays in songs? Holiday songs. You're going to jail. No. You're going to jail. No. You know Bing Crosby used to beat the shit out of his kids? Yeah. It was the time. <laughs> you could get away with that because you had like I wish Bing kids. Crosby was your dad. In a way, he was. <laughs> uh, nah, you would have got beat more. Uh, so what's some of your pros and cons? You haven't been doing shit here, Bug. My back's getting sore. Pro, oh, jeez. Uh, let's see. Pros and cons. You don't have to say it. You just either say a pro or a con. I, but I'm trying to remember all that you went through and like crossing off my list because I don't want to repeat it because you kind of covered the bases with it. The acting was excellent. But I only said um, like a couple of things. Like, were you just not paying attention to anything I said? God, no, I was. Damn I'm it. trying to. Oh, I wish the God. government gave you a pill. A red pill? So this is Christmas. <laughs> That's another great Christmas song too, John Lennon. Yeah. Uh What did you think of the comedy? The the comedy I thought was excellent. the The best part about it was they told their kids that they can swear and shit like that. So the whole like the whole time, Roman Griffin Davis, you know, the art, he was freaking out about like what's going on, what's not going on, and he, every chance he got, he was like, he was like, "You don't fucking know what's going on, do you?" You know, he would yeah, he constantly like how just kids like, like wouldn't talk to parents, but like in this situation, it, it made sense. But yes. also just because of how like shitty their parents kind of were, like they probably talk like that all the time. Yeah. Um. Well, the, I like the one. I like the one scene line. when um, Sandra and uh, Tony they showed up and her daughter immediately runs upstairs looking for um, Art and then his two brothers and his two brothers were getting out of the bath and they told her like get the fuck out of here. And Katie's like, no, I'm staying. Art comes in and goes, what the fuck are you doing? And she goes, they invited me in. They're like, no, we fucking didn't. And just the way they were talking and seeing like these young kids talk. Like, that was funny. Because normally, like, something like that comes off, like, poorly written. But the, the actors and actresses, like, they're they're very good at it. Like, it, everything seemed authentic in this movie is, is what really sold the movie for me. Yes, it, it seemed like the, the writing was excellent. It seemed like something that, like, I could see someone actually saying or like you know that that's going to be yeah. the first thought that so pops their head and it was like uh, legit interesting written and directed by camille griffin um so previously she'd only done it looks like directing wise um let's see one two three four five five short films and this is her first full-length film um And also, do you want? I just looked it up. Interesting fact: Art's character and the two other kids, Roman Griffin Davis, that's her son. Oh, that's her. She looks old. Yeah, she's older. She's. uh, I don't know what the date is, but that is like an older picture. But like old people could have kids too. Book you now. Now you're ageist. God damn it, man. Oh my goodness. Don't worry, man. We'll get you together, dude. You'll be a real citizen here one of these days. 
Uh, but no, that I, I'm surprised. I literally like just finding that out, clicking on IMDb here. Like, that's crazy. Like, so she wrote in this story. Like, so I guess she knew. Obviously, like she had seen Jojo Rabbit, and she had the yes. short directing in her past. But um, all three of her kids in this like crushed it. They were they were great. Uh, but even the the other uh, kid actor that played Kitty, uh, Davida McKenzie, she was great. Um, all the adult actors, they crushed it. They sold it. Um, I thought Annabelle Wallace was so much better than she was in Malignant, but I think that shows more the issues that the movie Malignant had. Um, like, everyone was, like, a believable character in their role. And that's the thing, is each one had, like, little backstories and, and a little bit character flaws and stuff like that, and they didn't hit you in the face with it, they let you see it. They showed they didn't tell, which is a a tenant of good filmmaking. Again, a tenant of good story making. It's so much more interesting. Like you saw the shortcomings and the strengths that these characters had. They mm-hmm. were they felt like real fleshed out characters. I I can't say like any more praise than that than the, with this acting. It, it was excellent. Some of the the best acting I've seen in a movie in the past few years. That's a pretty bold statement. Not really, because how many shitty movies have we watched in the past couple of years, Bud? Uh, true, but how many awesome and excellent movies have we watched in the past couple of years? Few and far between, Bug. Well, that's like anything good nowadays. Yeah, that's the point I'm making. God damn it, man. They They need to get you some type of drug from the government. If if you're so besides this movie's acting, if you're trying to think back to a movie that had good acting, what's the first movie that comes to your head? In the past couple years, five years, we'll say. What's the first movie that comes to? I my I have one that came right to my right to my head. Jojo Rabbit. The well, yes, but that wasn't the first thing that came to my head. Once upon a time in Hollywood came to my head. Yeah. That the acting it was stupid good. Yeah. But that's to be expected because those are uh, veterans, how we shall what? we say, of the industry. That's, I mean, even more so than veterans of the industry, man. Those are like two titans of the industry. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that is that's a good point. That movie. But like, I would say because not that other people acted bad in that movie. There was all all great acting in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But like, for a smaller tight ensemble cast like this, like. There was no weak points in any of the acting. No, I completely agree with you. So you expect Once Upon a Time in Hollywood to be great acting, excellent. You expect it to be directed to perfection or near perfection. You expect the writing to be near perfect. You expect all these things to be near perfect with that movie just because of uh, the cast and the crew that was behind it. This one here, I mean, the only there's two people in this that I had experience with previously and that was uh well Kara uh, Knightley's the only re- reason Knightley yeah the, the only reason Roman Griffin Davis the only reason you had experience with Kara Knightley because that was you were looking at at her old Pirates of the Caribbean pictures that one time that your mom came in when like when you were in high school she came into hey. your room and then she um she made you, she made you go to church for like a week straight after that no you know, my experience with her is going down to Pansy Park and them flipping on the lights and uh, them doing the little the little Pirates of the Caribbean send-off hype up in the seventh inning when we're down one or two two runs. Let's be realistic. Like, if it's the Pittsburgh Pirates, the on our side. they were down about ten runs at that point. <laughs> well, they lost. They ended up losing by eight runs. They got, they got all excited and they forgot. Like You know what my favorite... Pirates baseball memory I had was is the Pirates were down late and I went to the game this was the summer in between one of my college semesters so I went with a couple buddies from college um, they had like real cheap tickets so we went and we had a pretty good time we're like alright we'll leave the Pirates game they're they're down 7-4 uh, to four, um, in the 8th inning like they're not coming back so we started making our way 
towards the uh, the concourse, and then we're like, oh, there's some food here. We'll grab some food before we leave. So we got some food. By the time we made it out towards the where the left field exit is, they had bases loaded, two outs, and I was like, I was like, fuck it, we'll walk over here. There's no one in the state, and they let us go in the left field bleachers. So we're standing in the left field bleachers, and goddamn Rod Barajas blasts a walk-off Grand Salami, dude, and the ball lands right in front of us, and we were on ESPN Sports Center that day. That's my favorite Pirates. Yeah. Oh, even more impressive. Then we left the casino or left the um the Pirates yeah. game and then we went to the strip club right down the street. Yeah, he hit that all the way to three uh oh my gosh, what's it? Rivers Casino. It, hit it all the way just, across. It's just the, the, it's the, just the, the river. rivers. Yeah, and that's so if, if anybody we just wasted like what, like five minutes talking about uh Pittsburgh geography there for you, so great. Pirate, that's that's more time than anyone should talk about the Pittsburgh Pirates. But yeah, Keira Knightley, Keira Knightley was awesome in this movie. You want to know my favorite Pirates memory? No. No one does. Uh, okay. No one even want to know my favorite Pirate memory. They want to know what you liked and didn't like about this goddamn movie. Well, you know what they say. They don't say nothing, Book. What's those a like and a the, dislike? Those be the roles, maybe, when you're a Pirate's life. You're just like you're almost you're so close to having it together. I think one of these days. I what's I the won't. saying? You're so close, but not close enough. I think the saying is like you can smell the fart, but you just don't know where it came from. I don't think so, but that might not be a bad say. Let's start that one. You can start it. Nah. I'll I'll sit back and just. Uh... You got to be starting something. That's what Michael Jackson said, and now he's now look at him. He's dead. Well, kinda. No, no, he's very much dead. Uh, he's definitely a ghost somewhere. He's haunting someone. Ghosts aren't real, book. Oh, you, you ruined it. You know what is real though? The ass whooping you're gonna get if you don't give me a goddamn pro or con. I mean, we comedy was good, acting was good. Uh, it was the good. story. It was the story. The story was, was excellent. Yeah, I don't know what else. I liked it. All right, let's wrap. We'll wrap it up. <laughs> then. Jesus, covered Christ. everything that I, I I liked about it. Everything that was good about it. You too Directing, busy. You're, acting. you're too busy out here dreaming about LeBron James, fucking naked, and then. You're just not remembering this movie. I know you had a traumatic yeah. experience. The first nightmare that woke me up in years? Hell yeah, that was traumatic. I didn't know what the hell to do. I woke up sweating. Hear, hear me out on this. Hear me out on this. I wrote it down. Go back to sleep. So you wrote that down, but you couldn't write down pros and cons. I'll tell you what, man. Hell yeah. If this, if we find ourselves in this situation, the government's issuing these pills, I'm going to come to your house and specifically make sure you take yours. As long as it's a red pill, I'll that, take it. Let's, let's talk about That's another funny scene. When it comes time for everybody to take their pills, and the two oh, younger the brothers, every time he comes back, he's like, you told me I could have, we each have our own full Coke. And that's like, fine. And he goes down and gets that. And he's like, this one's all shooken up. He's like, Jesus Christ. He's like, goes back. He goes, this one's warm. He has to go get like ice water. And I thought at one point, because the dad was getting real frustrated, like I thought he was going to be like... um I thought he was going to be like, you know what, fuck it. I'm just going to take the pill and stay in the pantry. But then he comes back, and then they crack the one, and the kid spills a little bit of it. And the mom's like, he's like, oh, sorry, mom. And which is, it's funny because they're getting ready to just kill himself. It doesn't matter if you fuck the house up. Um, but the, 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 the mom, what's her name? Nell, played by Karen Knightley. She, She's like, oh, it's, don't worry about it. And the other son opens it, and like the it was so shooken up, it just sprays everywhere and coming. And she's like, she's like, God fucking damn it! <laughs> it was just uh, the, the timing know. of it was like funny. It was yeah, it was a funny scene, completely unexpected. My coke's warm. Yeah, I told you it'd be warm. All right. Well, I definitely, I definitely thought he was gonna kill himself in the basement. Just say fuck these kids. Yeah, when they went down the pantry, like I'm just sick of these assholes. Um, the uh, like I just like that's this, uh, certain things. Like I liked how it did subvert your expectations because 
uh, initially Lily Rose Depp's character, the girlfriend of James, she, like like we were saying before, she wasn't gonna take it because of the baby, but then also, um, and it was one of the areas of conflict in the story. Like the other people at that party were very much like everyone's taken. Like so, I thought it was gonna lead to like a more. Th- it, it had a play in the story, but I thought it was gonna lead to more. But as far as subverting expectations. James is a doctor. He got a sweet-ass car. I can't remember what it was. But I definitely mm-hmm. thought when they all took the pill that she wasn't going to take it and was going to get in that car and just, like, speed off. Like, I definitely thought that, but then she basically came around to, like, through talking through with um, with uh, James. Like, they decided to do it. And so, like, she ends up dead, too. Like, so I, the, a lot of points, it gives you, like, hope in the story, but it's almost like... And this is where, like, the story resonates with me so much, like, where there's hope in dark times, but at some point you're you're just deluding yourself. Like, a lot of hope is just believing in something that's not there to keep going. And, like, you thought maybe, like, because the kid's like, oh, I'm not going to take it. And then he sees something so terrible, then he actually gets the toxins in him and gets, for all intents and purposes, when we thought, killed. Um, her, she, you, you thought that she was going to do it. And it's like, it really, the truth is like, and this is people in everyday life. They're just scared. They don't know. It's like the unknown. Like it, it seems story-wise that there was those little glimmers of hope and they get you and they get you and you get to the end. And there's no hope there. It's dark, man. It's real dark. And I fucking liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, like that's all I got. But, uh, I mean. Yeah, I mean, we. I think I think we covered most of our bases. With you this. didn't cover shit, book. You're too busy talking about the bases down at PNC Park. <laughs> hey, you got to tell your favorite pirate story. I didn't. Because no one gives a shit. We shouldn't be telling pirate stories. All right. Well, uh, we're going to ratings and recommendations. You ready for this? My rate. So. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if you are or not. I don't even know if you watched this movie. No, you did. I did. Uh, you just didn't think about it. But that's on me for thinking that you would think. That's a whole thing, yeah. whole web of thinking. How many episodes have you done? Have we done now? You should know better. I think this is thirty-five or thirty-six. I don't know. Num- what are numbers? It's in the thirties. Yeah, it's up there. We're getting up there. Um, all right. So my rating is I'm gonna go with a good old. I'm gonna say a seven point six. Um, it's a very solid, well acted movie. I definitely liked it. It was very entertaining. I um, I was very. It really pulled me into the story. Um, that being said, I think the material is very dark and very bleak. So you have to be in the right mindset going in. Like if you're already depressed or someone that's uh, is going through stuff, I would not recommend this movie to you because um, it's just going to put you in an even worse mindset, and that's not good for your mental health. Um, but people that would like this, if you love dark comedy, like this is like dark, dark comedy. Um, there's huge world ending implications in the story and the people are, it is goofy and they're making jokes, but it makes sense why they are. Because when the seams start to crack and some people start having breakdowns and having issues, you know that they're putting on a like a brave face because they know that they're just deluding themselves. Like it's, um, it's very well done. It's an entertaining movie, but I would definitely say it is not for everybody. You have to go in knowing that it is, is not going to be something that you're going to feel good about at the end. Um, so you have to be in the right headspace to, to watch this. And I don't think, um, it's going to find like a huge audience that's going to love it. But the people that do love this style of comedy and movies with definitely bleak endings where the good guys don't win or hope doesn't prevail, they will definitely enjoy this movie. So both agree. Yeah, of course that's, I do. They're like, I think it's good. Uh, uh, I'm going to give it a uh, 7.6. Uh, it's definitely dark comedy, not for everyone. Uh, be cautious with your mental health. Uh, yeah. Oh, great. Now, now you, that's what you sound, now like. you're discriminating against people with mental health issues. So you got racism, ageism, and I guess would it be ableism that you're going after all in one episode? God damn, dude, you're going for the canceling trifecta. Yeah. 2022 is going to be an interesting year for us all. 
Um, no, so my rating, I'd probably give this, uh, I'm going to go a little bit higher. I'm going to go 8.3 with this one. Um, the comedy was excellent. Writing was excellent. Acting was excellent. There's a lot of good things with this. The only thing is, uh, I love dark comedy. That is something that uh, I can always watch. Um, that's not for everyone. And, and if it's, if you're not in the right mental state, it can, this could be taken very poorly and, uh, it could really affect your, your, your mood, your, your, you know, how you feel in that particular day or that time. So I, I wouldn't recommend this really to just anyone. Uh, I would recommend this to someone who knows dark com, someone who's familiar with, uh, mentally withstand dark comedy. Uh, this could have, I feel like, serious repercussions if you're not in the right mental state to enjoy this movie. Um, but at the end of the day, you, you got to remember, like, this is just a movie. Yeah, it makes you think, it makes you wonder, but this isn't our reality. This is just, this it, is art, pretty much. It could, it recorded. could be. Oh, well, it absolutely could be, but right now it is not. We have other things to worry about. Spiders, bug. They're coming. No. Spiders don't scare me. Although I am, I am a, like. Yeah, I'm not afraid of spiders, but like, no. there's like a crazy statistic. I'm not going to look it up, so I'm just going to make it up. That like, okay. I think that the idea is that like, if all the spiders just got together, they would just vastly overwhelm human beings. So good on spiders for just being antisocial pieces of shit because they can't kill us. Also, Jesus invented flamethrowers just for that reason. I think that's what Christmas was truly about. I think that's the message of this episode. I don't think. That's true. Isolate that clip. Hey, some, somebody clip that. <laughs> you haven't thought one day in your life. All right, let's wrap it up. I'm sitting up for this book. All right. Get up. Let's do this. All right. Well, if you're listening to the episode on your favorite streaming service, you did it. Great job. If not, like New Year's coming up, New Year, New You, let's get you on the right track. Uh, we're streaming on pretty much every service there is Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Amazon, Audible, iHeartRadio, all of them. Um, so, like, Go on all of those. Give us five five stars if you hated it. Five stars if you liked it. I don't I don't care. Just do it. Um, if you want to reach out to us, we're at Hunter's Vision at gmail .com. Shoot us an email if there's any specific movies you want us to check out. Any questions, comments. If you don't support Boog being racist, ableist, uh, sexist, any of those isms. Um, I don't support that, but, uh, that's, I mean, that's who he is as a person. We're going to work on that in the coming year. Uh, we're on Twitter at horrorvision. You can DM us, uh, give us a follow on there. We'll post some things from time to time. Uh, as well as we're on YouTube. That's hunters horrorvision at youtube.com. Go on there and just try your hardest to dislike us. You can't. Um, other than that, I think I think that's everything. Book, did I miss anything? I'll link, like, subscribe. Yeah, you can do those things if those are a thing or something that you do or you like to do or you don't like to do. I'm not going to tell you what to do. You're your own person. That's the that's the real takeaway. Of this episode is Christmas is about being your own person, um, and doing and doing your own thing. Or didn't you just tell people to give us good reviews? No, I gave him the option. You're allowed to like it or don't like it, but the review is still the same. The road remains the same. You got oh, anything yeah. you want to add here? I mean... Uh, not really. The only thing that... that oh, say, that's a real surprise. That's a surprise. Wow. The only thing that I'd say uh, that was such like a, a British move was... uh. When Art found the, the family dead in the car, they had their flashers on. And I like to think, like, beforehand, they're like, all right, we're about to take this pill. All right, honey, turn on your flashers. We don't want to cause a traffic jam in the crazy world that we live in. Is that a British thing to do? I don't think it is. I think I feel like it would be like, they're like, we're going to be real polite about this. 
but we're going to stop. We're going to kill ourselves, but we're going to turn the flashes on. So anyone who's getting by, they need to stop. I don't think the nationality, like, I don't think the British are known for their politeness. I think you're thinking of Canadians, dog. Uh, well, the, the British people, I feel like, are real proper. I mean, I think it, it demonstrated in this movie how pieces of shit, like, some of them are. But they, we didn't talk about that in this blog. I had to watch this movie with subtitles on because uh, we talked about it a while back when we did Shaun of the Dead. Like there was no like the the British and the accents were like light in that, so it was it translated over. But there was times when certain people were talking this movie. It was so British, like I didn't know what the fuck they were saying. I I used to watch the uh, the Great British Baking Show, so I'm pretty fluent in. Uh, British accents. We should probably end it there. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty something. Well, uh, I guess we'll uh, check you later. Um, well, I don't know what we're doing next episode, book, so we're gonna have to decide or fans decide. Um, just shoot us something. It's got to be Christmassy, but uh, we'll take a look uh, at the emails. I think I might have had a couple uh, yeah, you know from what the we're past week. Next? You know what we're watching next? I don't even know that you know that what we're watching next. Or if you're even going to watch it. Garbage Day! You, I mean, if you want to pull the trigger on it, we'll do Silent Night, Deadly Night too. I think so, because I think that's going to be our last one of the year. Because uh... after that, the week after, I'm I'm not going to be any like, able to record. Yeah, we'll just, until... re- we'll just record two. It's nothing, Bug. Just, do you think you have the capabilities to watch two movies in a week? Probably. Yeah, just maybe cut out the British Bake Off or whatever the fuck it is you watch. Cut that out and then just put another movie. Baking show. Yeah, fuck you. Fuck you, folks. All right, well, check you later. Bye.